Enjoy fun adventures as you sail away together and experience the extraordinary marriage you desire. Join us in April 2025 for the Six Pillars at Sea Marriage Getaway. Yes, we are taking Six Pillars cruising and we want you to join us. Get all the details at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash getaway. Use promo code SHIPSAHOY to get $500 off your registration today. We'll see you there. From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show, where being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663, or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. In today's show, we're looking at the impact of the statement, if you love me, on your marriage. And and as we start that, I want you to think about this quote that's been attributed to Anonymous that says, expectations can be premeditated resentments. It's just going to be something that we're thinking about here as we're, you know, looking at that phrase, if you loved me. Mm -hmm. But first, we start each show with a hug. And a hug is an opportunity for you to hear from someone in the one family whose marriage has experienced transformation. And this hug comes from a Facebook message that we received that says, hello, I've recently started listening to your podcast and I'm really enjoying them. I've been married to the love of my life for 23 years, and we have two adultish children, one 21 and one 19. We love being married and have good communication about all areas of our lives. Since listening to your podcast, I've been re-energized and more motivated about initiating sex rather than just letting it happen as it happens. Mm. We successfully completed the seven days of sex challenge and have chosen our days of the week to be the initiator. It's been fun. Thank you for your boldness in talking about sex and intimacy in marriage, but keeping it clean and honoring God through it. You are making a difference. Love it. I'm glad you guys completed your seven days of sex challenge and are now putting the intimacy lifestyle into effect. Way to go. Absolutely. I didn't even realize until we started reading that is a we did it. And for any of you that have done a sex challenge and completed it, we want to hear your we did it. Right, we want to we want to celebrate you and celebrate your accomplishments, and and it's so much fun to do that as part of the one family. And you know, as Tony said at the top of the show, in today's show, we're talking about that statement, "If you loved me," mm-hmm. right? That that's those you know, couple four little words that carry so much weight in the marriage. And over two hundred shows ago. Mm-hmm. We did a show called ESP. And for those of you that like to go back and listen, you know, whenever we talk about a show, it's episode 319. So you can go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash 319 and listen to that. But we found over the years, because it's been about three and a half years since we did that show, that that this idea of ESP, of your spouse being able to read your mind, has really resonated with folks. It's something that they struggle with. It's, it's you know, it's a tug of war mm-hmm. a lot of times in marriage. And lately, we've been hearing about this twist on it. And that twist is... If you loved me, you would, or you would know, and then you fill in the blank. And we've had multiple conversations over the last few weeks where we're hearing folks say things like, I don't know why I have to tell him or her what I want. Or if he or she truly loved me, they would just do this. Or I shouldn't have to tell him or her what needs to be done or what I want, right? There's this this expectation that, that love and the I do's and the sharing of the last name and the bed and everything else means that the other person, because they love you, should just be able to do exactly what you want them to do. Or thinking. Or thinking, yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, true confessions, this phrase has been uttered 
in our house. Oh, gosh, yeah. We've been married 23 years now. It's been uttered more than once in in many different scenarios. And I would say it's not even sometimes uttered vocally, Mm -hmm. but in our minds. Yeah. Like truly, it's not a vocalization of like, we're, we're somewhere and I'm looking at Elisa and vocalizing that it honestly just runs through my mind. And, and, and I will tell you my mood and my attitude will turn sour in that moment. It's just like, well, if she loved me, she, she would know to just do that. And I can sense this attitude adjustment for the negative happening in me. Absolutely. And, you know, we asked you all on Instagram, you know, have you thought or said this? Because I do agree with what Tony just said that more times than not, it's probably thought instead of said. And 65% of you did say that you've either said or thought those words. Mm-hmm. And, and then we asked the follow-up question because I wanted to know if it was just me or what you all were thinking. You know, what do you expect your spouse to know without having to ask you? And I want you to hear some of these pairs because I, I like as I started sorting through the answers, there were some very, some very striking, um, just some noticeable, significant impacts okay. of what those pairs are. So some people expect their spouse to know without asking when I want to be touched. Mm-hmm. Like you should know when I want to be touched. And other people said when I need time to myself and when you should not touch me. Mm. Okay. Um, you should know when I want to have sex and that sex is a way of, of showing me that you love me and also to know what I want during sex, mm-hmm. right? You, you should know what needs to be done around the house and to also know that I can't do everything. You should know that the words I love you are significant to me and that I want to be desired by you, but that sometimes I don't always want to be talked to. Mm. So we have all of these things and I, like I was reading this and I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been on both sides of most of those pairings Mm -hmm. because there have definitely been times when I'm like, I, Tony, I just need you to hold me. And other times when I know you guys, I know I bristle like a porcupine when I'm in a, when I'm in a mood, when I'm dealing with something. I mean, there are times when Tony tries to get close to this happened yesterday. We were driving in the car and he's got his hand on my leg and I like took his hand and I took it off and I'm like, that does not feel comfortable to me right now. I was just like, don't, don't, don't. And normally, I would say 95% of the time. If not more. If not more, he puts his hand on me in the car and we're all good. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, I'm like, hey. And he's like, why are you so irritable? I'm like, I, I just, just don't touch me. But like, you know, we're in this place where we want our spouses to know. And yet, here's a really interesting thing that I notice in coaching conversations. Mm-hmm. Because... One spouse will say to me, well, I I want him or her to do this, right? If they loved me, they would do fill in the blank. It's different for everybody. And then I'll say, I'll say, well, what is define for me what that looks like? And often the response I get is, well, I don't really know. And so my immediate reaction is, if you don't know what that looks like for you or exactly how you want that executed, how is your spouse supposed to know? And is it fair for them to know? If you don't know, mm. right? Or, or I'll say, well, have you ever actually voiced that out loud to your spouse? Because we all have those things in our head that we're like, oh, I wish, I just wish that after I made dinner, he would clean up the kitchen. Like, I wish that, that, like, I wish you could just see that. And yet if I say, when was the last time you told him that you would like the kitchen cleaned up after you make dinner? And the response is, I want, I, I don't know if I've ever said that out loud. Wow. 
he's not doing it because he doesn't know that you want it done. Right? So we have to look at these things and, and, and we get into this place of like this tug of war with our spouses. And, and I just want to share, you know, specifically some of the ones that Tony and I have struggled with. Yeah, let's go. Because I, I'm trying to think how many years ago now, it was probably about four or five years ago. I walked into our kitchen and there were dishes that were dirty and on the counter, but hadn't made it the extra 18 inches to the dishwasher. And I was so irritated. I took a piece of cardboard from our recycling and put a note up on the counter. She like ripped it off. Like it was like, it it wasn't even like cut nice here. She just ripped it off. And I said, if you've used it, dirtied it, put it on the counter, or it was like five or six things, then you can also put it in the dishwasher. Mom. Mm -hmm. And I just left it there. So I I figured that was for the kids because she's not my mom. Right. Yeah. We make that clear. But, but that was one of those places where they expect, like, if you loved me family, you would just pick up after yourself. Mm-hmm. I think I did actually put slash Elisa. I don't remember. No, I don't remember what was <laughs> I on find, it. It's probably all I know immortalized is, on Facebook. All, all, all I know is that myself and the kids realized what was up and we knew what mom was thinking in that time frame and Elisa for me. And I was like, ah, okay. Got it. Like, Pick up after your, like, I got really in everybody's face. Like, don't, but that's not the only thing, right? It's shown up in our sexual intimacy. It's shown up in like the things that I don't do for Tony. It goes both ways. I think a lot of times for myself, where, where I am in our marriage at this point in time, I think a lot of this for me shows up in our sexual intimacy. You know, because Elisa and I do talk about our sexual intimacy a ton. We, 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 we discuss it and then we'll get, we'll get into bed and I feel like, wah, wah, like, what, what are we doing here, honey? And, and so in my mind, because there is this, there is this tug of war, as Elisa said, for me, we're, we're sexually intimate, we're, we're, we're there, we're cuddling, we're, we're having a, a good time. And yet it's like, I'm going, Elisa, if and it's not almost, it's not a, if you love me, but it, to me, it's more of a, you know, the conversations we've had around sex before, like do this, like react, show me that you're enjoying yourself. So it is almost a, if you love me, you would, you would share the excitement that we're having in bed together. And yet I'm not saying that I'm not, I'm not sharing. I'm not going, Hey, Elise, are are you enjoying this? Because in my own mind, I'm like, well, she should know this by now. Mm-hmm. And that brings up another good point and another scenario around this idea of if you love me is, and that we're going to address a little bit later in the show is what happens when you've said it? Like if uh, this is what I need, right? I need you to help with the house chores. I need you more engaged in sex. I need you to pursue me. I need you to hug me, whatever it is. And then that doesn't happen. So for all of the, those of you that are like, but I've said it, mm. hang on, we will get there. Because really this phrase, if you loved me, highlights the fact that there's a gap in your marriage between between what you're wanting, needing, expecting, and what you're receiving. Mm-hmm. And, and in that gap, there's all of these negative emotions that start to come up. Things like irritation, annoyance, frustration, feeling unvalued, unheard, a, a sense of confusion like, why? Why is this not sinking in? Like one person um, put in the comments that that their spouse always asks where the maple syrup is kept, but apparently it's been kept in the same space for all the years that they've lived in their house. Oh, wow. And there was a little part of me that's like, I think, I think the spouse just likes to ask the question, Yeah. right? Because some of that actually, you know, sometimes those questions actually just become part of the fabric 
of the uh, conver- of the conversation of, of the, the connection converse- of the connection you know yeah. I'm, like i'm always going to ask because that engages you with me and, and things like that but there's also this anger that rises up when when your spouse is asking you or when they're they're not doing these things or you feel unimportant mm-hmm. and we have to address this as the one family because if let left undealt with these damaging feelings can actually develop into much bigger challenges for a couple they they develop into those resentments that I shared at the beginning of the show in that quote, because we, we are still buying into this Hollywood fairy tale that, you know, we see it on the screen. Oh my gosh, she's pining away for, for flowers. And then he shows up with the one red rose and, and you know, the violins are playing in the background. Can, can I just stop for a second and say that shows up in Hollywood? And I, I mean, I love a good chick flick. So it, like, I'm not bashing the chick flicks, but it shows up in Hollywood and he knows what she needs because it's in the script because the writer said, you're going to show up with a flower because she's going to be pining for flowers. Mm-hmm. Somebody said it and then somebody had to execute it. Mm-hmm. That like, let's not get so into this place of suspended reality that we think that that's the way relationships really work. And I do want to say though, too, is that we have to begin to get it, it, there, there are moments, and I and I share like even within our sexual intimacy, I may not bring it up, and in that actual moment, and yet it will still come up. Mm-hmm. It will come up after the fact. It will come up at a coffee break. It will come up at some point. A walk and talk. It will come up at some point, because if we don't bring that up, if I don't bring that up, I'm going to be begin to harbor unforgiveness, offense, bitterness. Anger may come begin to rise up in me. And so we have to be able to communicate those frustrations. It may not be in the moment, Mm. in that exact moment, you know, when, when we're thinking it and it doesn't happen. And yet if we are going to grow and we're going to have the extraordinary in our marriages, then the conversation has to come up at some point. And I understand because I'm fully aware of it even happening in myself that it's not happening in the moment. And yet Elisa will attest that it will come up most likely after we make love and and probably in the shower even. Just saying, hey, like sort of awkward, like what happened? Or it may be something that I'm still having to mull over and I'm having to just internalize like, was that all about me? Like, was I missing something? Because I sometimes think it's just my headspace as well. And mm-hmm. so I just need to address it with myself and be like, wait, was that me? Or Because I think Elisa really was enjoying it. And then it may take me a couple more days to really express that on a walk and talk or something. So do know that, hey, just because you've had those thoughts or something doesn't mean you can't start to address it now. Well, and that's that's the big thing, right? We from the very beginning of the One Extraordinary Marriage show, you know, communication and emotional intimacy mm-hmm. paired with, you know, any of the other intimacies has been a vital component. Mm-hmm. And, and so when you're dealing with this headspace, when you're dealing with this thought that says, if he or she loved me, they would. Th- then Another we- one that you didn't bring up though, that I think is a good one is, uh, is almost the, uh, the acts of gifts, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If he or she loved me, I would get this. Uh-huh. Or I would have this sent to me, and yet you've you've been dealing with your financial intimacy. Maybe you're you're getting out of debt or something, and so the the focus is on we're going to get out of debt, and yet you've never expressed that. Even though you're doing that, it would be nice to have some roses show up, or to go out on a nice date every couple of months. 
because I've seen that happen in, in a number of couples. Mm-hmm. And that really just starts to just unwind them. Well, and you bringing this up, and we did this show um, a few weeks ago now, uh, the Love Language show. Mm-hmm. Part of what happens with this gap is that your spouse is not speaking your love language. This is just an aside. I'm going to get back to, to the solutions here in a second. But because they're showing love to you in a different way. And so this is where that conversation goes, right? Like like you bringing up gifts. I just want to say this. If your love language is gifts, but that's not your spouse's love language, then they will struggle. And you'll be thinking in your head, well, if you loved me, you would do this. And they're like, I am loving you. Like I put a roof over our heads. Right. And you're like, but, but I want, I want a little something, right? Like, like I want a flower or I want a piece of chocolate or I I want to go on a date with you or I want you to clean the bathroom, right? So it's, it's looking at those different things and saying, okay, we need to pair that show. I think Tony's looking it up. Yeah. It's up. It's episode 522. So one com slash 522. I'll also put show uh, links here in the episode notes for you guys. But as we're talking about this, you know, this idea of if you loved me, we need to move into a space where instead of, instead of saying that out loud or instead of thinking it, that we are couples collectively, we are couples who get into a place of setting our marriages up for success. That's right. Right. Of looking, if this statement's coming into your head, then there's something that needs to be addressed. And so part of it is saying, what do we need to do differently so that we don't feel this gap? Right. What needs to shift? What needs to happen so that these feelings, those negative feelings are not getting the opportunity to create resentment and hostility. Cause that, you know, it's like when Tony's relaying some of his stuff, I've done it myself. I mean, obviously I like Hulk ripped the cardboard and put the sign up and <laughs> like th- there was definitely some hostility there. But before we get to those, I want you to know that you're loved. You are. Your spouse may not know how to express it, but you are loved. And they may also not know, and, and uh, you know, I'll share this in a few minutes why, but they may not know how important whatever X, Y, Z is, how important that is to you. Mm. And, and so because of that, they struggle or they may not know, right? Some of the reasons why people don't do what's on the other side of that, if you loved me, is because they feel like they can't measure up to your expectations. So they don't even try because there have been times when they've been told that wasn't good enough. Mm. And, and so there are a lot of reasons that hold people back, but we've got to get into this place where it says, let's shift this. Let's get into a place where the statement doesn't have like, negative power in our marriage. But first let's talk about this week's sponsor. And that's the one extraordinary marriage workshop, love deeper and love deeper is the workshop for you and your spouse to learn more about not just why you are the way you are, but how your styles, your personalities, your giftings work together to create an extraordinary marriage Mm -hmm. based on science. The 18 page report that's at the heart of all of this equips the two of you to better understand everything from finances to communication styles to personalities. But more than that, this workshop, Tony and I, we paired the report with a live two-hour workshop where we're going to go over every single page. Try it. No joke. 18 pages. You got Tony and I for two hours, and we're going to take your questions. Mm-hmm. So this isn't just like you have to sit there. You're going to be able to engage and ask your questions. And it's really, think of the workshop as both knowledge and and action. It's about being intentional in your marriage. So don't miss out. Register now at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash love deeper. Join us for the workshop, get your assessment and walk away with powerful insights for your marriage all by signing up today at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash love deeper. So in this whole idea of if you loved me, we need to look at the fact that there are a few different scenarios where that phrase comes out. 
You know, you've thought about what you want, but maybe you haven't had the courage to say the words out loud. Mm-hmm. Right? That, that's one yeah. scenario. You're thinking it, but you haven't said it. Been there. Totally. Mm-hmm. Both sides of this marriage. Your spouse cannot read your mind no matter how long the two of you have been together. We are, Tony and I are together now for 25 years, married for 23. I don't even pretend to read this man's mind. And vice versa. You know, it's, it, you set yourself up for success if you haven't spoken those words by actually creating opportunities to speak them out loud, right? To, to share what you need, what you desire, what you're, what you're struggling with, the touch that you need, the help around the house, the sexual intimacy, you set yourself up for success if you haven't done that already. And I, and I do want to say, because we're constantly growing and moving forward, the the thought process that because you've been together for so many years, mm-hmm. that your spouse should just know you. And if you love me, then this is fallacy. Because you're not the same people you were when you first met. And because of that, the ability to speak and share what's happening with you and what has happened with you is only going to bring you two closer and grow your marriage. So do realize it's not a numbers thing. I, I, I think that's where so many of us get it botched and messed up a bit. Well, we've been married 25 years. I've looked at people who've been married 35 years, 40 years, and they've been unhappy most of those years. So I don't know why a number is so important. It, to me, in that in that place, it's just a number. You've been unhappy. You haven't done anything. You haven't grown. You're you're you're, you're waddling around and complaining. That's not an extraordinary marriage. Mm-hmm. A marriage to me is a, it, there's a number there probably, but at the same time, where's the passion, the drive, the the determination to connect in those moments where, if you loved me, you would know. Because we would we would be there to talk to each other and express those desires as we get older. And the thing with, with saying the words out loud is that it gives your spouse an opportunity to meet those needs and to deepen the connection between the two of you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. instead of setting them up for failure by saying, well, you should just read my mind, when you tell them, then they can take that knowledge and choose what they're going to do with it and how they're going to execute that. So you have to think about saying those words. Um, and instead of assuming that, you know, what you want, your spouse asks you, you know, in some scenarios, your spouse asks you and you get irritated or frustrated that they asked you. Like this is, this is one place where you know, you'll say, well, you shouldn't have to ask me. You should just know mm-hmm. because they, they've, they've gone and actually said, I realize we're not the same people. <laughs> I want to know what you're thinking now. And, and you know, one person said in the comments or a couple of people actually said, um, even though it confuses me that they have to ask, I'd rather they ask and get it right then not ask and get it wrong. And, and I think we need to adopt that mindset, right? Of do we want, do we want to have the actual connection? Do we want them to get it right? Do we want to set up our spouses for success and get it right by answering their questions? Or do we want to come at them with frustration and be like, well, shoot, you should just know that. Or why are you asking me? Or Google it. Please don't tell your spouses to Google. Um, I know sometimes that happens with like initiating and date night and you're like, just Google it. Help them out by giving them a few places to get started in terms of what you like. So they know what they are Googling. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and you know, one of the revelations I had as I was preparing for this show is that when, when kids are little, we, 
we so encourage the questions, right? They're curious about the world. They want to know how things work. They, they want to, like, we were watching, we were out to, to brunch with some friends and they have a little one and I was watching her just pick up things and explore and she'd bring it back to her parents and, and just get that curiosity, right? It's so great when a kid is little and asks all these questions because they want to know what's going on in the world. They want to know how to respond. They want to know how to engage the world. And yet we become adults and our spouses ask us questions for the same purpose to understand and, and because of curiosity and because they want to know us better. And we come back with this like concrete wall and shut them down. Yeah. I think a lot of times where, where are we in, in our emotional state? Mm-hmm. I think really, really depends on that because I think you and I would both agree and have been there. There are times when we're both just open. You ask the question, it's no big deal. We're jovial, we're happy, it's a good place. And then there are other times I think where that comes up where in the emotional state we're in, it's almost we want to be, at, uh, we, we want to have a conflict. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, like, so it's also understanding where you're at as well mm-hmm. to be able to express what you want. And, and it just hit me as you were speaking about this. It's why is it in marriage do we, we always, and, and, and always is a, a, a word I don't use often. And yet it's there that we, we want confrontation for some reason. Like it, we want to have that, like my spouse is asking me a question that's pretty straightforward. And instead of just being like, Hey, this is what it is. We want to get into that confrontation. And so instead of looking for a win-win, we, we really are for for the most part, we're trying to find the win-lose for some reason. And I don't know the psychology behind it or maybe even the brain working in, in the emotional state, in the, the physiological state. And yet I do know that when I look at us and I say, you know what? Hold on. Is this all about me or is this about us? I know if I can get into that space where it's about us, I'm going to find the win-win. Mm-hmm. Because if it's all about me and it's a selfish act... I know we'll go into confrontation because I want to win. I want the outcome to to benefit me. And in that, is that going to be the bet is that going to be for the betterment of our marriage? And and no, that's not. So that's just something that as we go through this really like if you loved me can be a like confrontational, but at the same time it can be if you love me, hey, this is what I love. Da, 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 mm-hmm. da, da. And so interesting that you bring that up because I actually um I have a coaching client who's a a single guy and he was sharing, he's like, why is there always so much drama and conflict? Like, do women just want conflict? And I was like, Oh, we need to, (laughs) we need to go against it. We need to break that myth over marriage. And, And that's, that actually gets to this last point where, where you've said what you want and there's been no response. And this is, this is truth, man. Like, You've said it, you've said it, you've said it. You could be a newlywed and have said it and you could be married for 25 or 50 years and you've said it and there's no response. And, you know, I, we've been there. There have been definitely the situations in our marriage. And that's where, you know, that's where it's time to get a marriage translator into the mm. mix. And I know you all just like stopped right there and you're like, did she just say marriage translator? And, and here's, here's the thing. And here's why I say this. And, and, and I've used this term with my coaching clients before, because over time, the two of you begin to sound like the, ch- the teacher in the Charlie Brown cartoons, right? All of the adults in the Charlie Brown cartoons, when they're speaking, it sounds like wah, 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 wah. And you're saying the words, like, you know, they're speaking, but it's not actually sinking it 
mm-hmm. anymore. And that's what happens in marriage when we're in these cycles where it's just repeating it and there's conflict and there's tension. And so you get to working with a marriage coach and, and that person becomes the translator, listens to the husband and it's like, okay, this is what he's wanting. Let me translate it. Let me say it in a different way. Let me come at it with different emotions to the wife and vice versa. The wife says something and the translator, the coach is able to translate it for the mm-hmm. husband. And then there's breakthrough. Because, you know, we've all had those situations and I know I've shared it on the show where we can say something to our spouse and there's like no response. It just kind of literally looks like it goes in one ear and out the other. Glass eyes. And then two weeks later, somebody else, you're in a conversation, somebody else says something to your spouse, the exact same thing. And all of a sudden they're running with the idea because it's literally the best thing since sliced bread. And you're like, oh my gosh, I literally said that two weeks ago. And I want you to know, it's not that the words that you're saying are any less important. It's that because of the patterns of behavior that the two of you have developed in your marriage, your words aren't being heard. It's because of patterns of behavior. It's not because you're loveless. It's not because they don't, it's because literally there's been a block mm-hmm. and that's where you need to, you need to step into this place of saying, okay, you know what? We need to get unblocked. We need, because we don't want to deal with these negative feelings anymore. And if that's you, then it might be time to get started with coaching to break the cycle. And if you want to learn more about coaching here at one, go to one slash coaching. You'll get all the details there. And I say that because I see this, I see this phrase happen so often in coaching sessions. And it's time that we collectively, the one family say, uh, uh-uh, we're not staying here because we're different. We're creating the extraordinary in our marriages. Yeah. What, what, a, what a good way to look at this. You know, it's one of those things where I will have to say is you, you got to go into this going, hey, I may have said this in my mind. If you love me, I may have said this out loud if you love me. And yet, am I really saying what I need to say? Is my spouse really able to hear me in those moments? And maybe you've you've been in those situations like I shared earlier in the episode about just being in bed and haven't even said anything yet. This week, take the time. Instead of just letting it, you know, just fester in your mind and swirl in your mind, go out on a walk and talk. Go for a coffee break. Take the time together. And instead of just letting it sit in there, maybe it's time to just write some things down. If you love me, this, 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 and this, you know, get those words out, begin the conversation. This isn't a one and done. This is something that will happen again. And yet you can come back to it and go, you know what? I'm not going to sit here forever. I'm going to, I'm going to break through and I'm going to break free and not going to allow myself to be held back by this. If you love me statement, we're going to break that off. So that way you can experience the extraordinary in your marriage. We love you guys. We hope you have a fantastic week. We want to hear your success stories. So send us send us those hugs at hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com or send us a text at 858-876-5663. We'd love to share it with the one family. Love you guys. Have a great week and we'll catch you next week. Love you guys.